Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community, where we focus on Magic Arena. This week, my guest is... Littlest Gremlin. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me here. Is there any Twitch or YouTube or online presence you'd like to share before we get started? Yeah, I have a Twitter and a Twitch channel, and they are both Littlest Gremlin. Well, that's easy to remember. I know a lot of people that have one certain name on Twitter and another name on Twitch, so you've got them both at once, so that's great. Yeah, thankfully no one does them. <laughs> yeah, I tried to get VM Campos in as many places as possible, and the one that I was not able to was YouTube, so I've got to be VM Campos JR, you know, for Junior. And um, that's the one that burns me because that's the one I really like using. But someone took it before me. It's some guy in Brazil that never uses it. Oh, no. Yeah, someone on Instagram took Littlest Gremlin. um, And I was like, well, there goes Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, you might have to be like Littlest underscore Gremlin or the real Littlest Gremlin or something. Probably something like that. So in this show, we focus on talking about magic, Magic the Gathering. So... Um, when did you first get started playing any form of magic? I've only been playing for two months. Oh, very cool. So you, you're uh, starting from like zero to 60 because uh, Magic Arena is out. And I think that's one of the best ways to play nowadays. So have, are you playing like magic in general and Magic Arena since about two months? Or did you ever do any paper or, or digital? I started doing IRL. Um, my boyfriend took me to a tournament, and mm-hmm. it was the Sealed Ravnica one. Mm. So we did the Sealed Ravnica tournament. I lost terribly. <laughs> <laughs> so they kind of were like, well, here's a freebie back. There you go. Oh. <laughs> but we got to keep all the, the entire like deck box that we got, so it was great. Um And then I did one other one in real life since then, but I prefer online. I prefer Magic the Gathering Arena because I don't feel as pressured as a new player to um, make moves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good point when people start off. If you're playing one-on-one with people in real life, there's definitely like, okay, human interaction. How's it going to go, you know, and playing digitally uh, at the moment, the way it is, you're still playing with a person, but you're right. You don't have that sort of pressure. And uh, I really like how Magic Arena teaches you as you play. Like it pauses like, hey, would you like to make a move here? Or you've got mana open. You've got something to do. So I think that's a great way to get started learning magic. Yeah, it does nudge you in the right direction. Also, um, the cards glow when you can make something. And you're like, oh, cool. That's honestly how I learned. I still don't know what I'm doing, but how I learned what I was supposed to play was like, oh, this card's Mm -hmm. going, I guess I should put it down. (laughs) Um, Did you, uh, how long do you think you played uh, in real life before you jumped onto Magic Arena? Do you remember like when you you first installed it and and started using Magic Arena? Uh, Yeah, 24 hours before my first match i tried to learn as much as i could from the online so i did like a 24 hour stint where i did nothing but play magic <laughs> that's nice that's living that's living the dream right there yeah it was an intense time well i was trying to learn what all the colors meant and what deck style like i wanted to play because someone told me before i went to my first draft i should know what deck type i like the best so 
yeah, there's just so many ways to play magic and styles and the philosophy behind each color that I think people can put together uh, a strategy based on what they want to do. And I think that's one of the testaments how good this game is, that there's such a variety of play styles and concepts that people could get into. I started playing originally uh, in the 90s, actually. Uh, So between 1995 and 1999 or so is when I first played. And I still have my cards from way back then, but they're pretty beat up because we didn't know about taking care of them or putting them in sleeves and all of that. But I don't have any really valuable cards, so it's no big deal. But I have uh, a lot of nostalgia for those old sets. And then I stopped playing for a long time until 2017, back to paper. Uh, And then I started playing Magic Arena in early 2018, and so I've been playing uh, pretty much a a little bit almost every day since then, and it's really fun. Yeah, I I made a deck about five or six years ago, and then no one in the area that I was living let girls play with them if they were guys. Ah, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I was like, well, I guess I could play with just against myself, but... Mm -hmm. That's no fun. So I uh, don't even know what happened to that deck. Mm -hmm. Uh, It disappeared when I moved. So Mm -hmm. I probably gave it away to someone. But um, yeah, I didn't try again because I figured it would just, I would annoy people by asking them to learn how to play. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's unfortunate that you you didn't have a good play group. That's unfortunately the stigma sometimes of this fandom stuff. So sorry that you had that bad experience. But hopefully now uh, with... uh, you know, Magic Arena helping out, uh, it gives you more of a chance to learn the cards, uh, get better, and then uh, try out some also, uh, some in-life or real-life uh, matches. Yeah, I've um, I've learned a little bit about the cards. Like, I learn more about them as I use the decks, and I know, like, the colors I like the most. Mm-hmm but I still can't put together a deck myself very well. That's always the challenge. I think people never stop learning how to do that because the cards change. You know, if you're playing standard format, it's the last two years of cards. And then when they rotate out, well, you've got to learn the new cards and make a new deck. If you're playing the modern format, okay, you've got like, you know, a decade of cards to play with, but then there's just so many possibilities of types of decks. And if you're playing, you know, in a tournament like Sealed, then you've got a random collection of cards to make a deck. So I don't think anyone ever gets, you know, great at making a deck, even those that win big tournaments, because people are always learning. Yeah, that is definitely true. Um, I know the people who've been playing it for a long time that play with me, they seem to like know exactly how it changes all the time, no matter what. And I'm still trying to learn what they all are. Um but thankfully they teach me like um all my friends who play magic right now they have been teaching me what each deck style is and if the deck that i made is right or wrong my partner um reviews all the decks i make before i play them on stream Mm -hmm. so that's nice oh that's cool to have more than one person looking at the at the decks and the strategies just to see uh the different angles of it that's pretty cool so then your skill level, would you consider then be, to be beginner, intermediate, advanced, somewhere in between, perhaps? I am definitely a beginner. <laughs> I have a hard time climbing out of gold ranked. Um, I seem to stay in lower to mid gold no matter what I do. So I don't think I'm that skilled of a player yet. 
ah, but think about it this way. Uh, everyone starts off in bronze, then there's silver, then gold, and then uh, diamond and mythic. That's right in the middle. Gold is right in the middle of their five rankings. So I, I'd give yourself a little bit more credit to get to gold because I'm sure there's plenty of people that are still toiling away at bronze even as hard as they try. So I, I think you're a little bit um, on, on arena, a little bit higher than basic uh, in a uh, basic beginner to get to gold. Well, I was sponsored 45 packs by someone. Um, so I feel like I had more help from the cards than my actual skill level. Um, mm -hmm. because I have, I have a particularly nasty deck where it's all <laughs> flyers. Oh no, this it's absolutely horrible. It's, um, it's black, black, blue, and white, mm -hmm. all flyers. Oh, okay. So, and I've noticed that a lot of people, bronze through silver, don't have anything with reach. Mm -hmm. So, that's what I get to get to gold. I know it sounds terrible, but <laughs> I, it's just a, a trend that I noticed when I was playing, is no one is competitive towards the Flyers. Instead, they play decks that give them more life, mm -hmm. or decks that screw out the other person out of their cards, mm -hmm. and that's it. But they have nothing with reach. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah. Now you're saying it's three colors. Okay, I'm scared personally to play three colors. I never feel that I can get the right mana that I need. And I tried to play it one time on stream and it went really bad. So I'm like, no, I'm going to go back to two colors. So that's more kudos to you if you're getting your flying, uh, your flyer three color deck <laughs> working. Yes, the curse of Icarus is what I call it. Because <laughs> it's either really, really good or really, really bad. Um,. <laughs> I have been mana screwed a few times, but since I have a bunch of glacial fortresses and like the hollowed fountains and godless shrines, I don't really have that much of a problem because I have a ton of white, blue, and black for my manas. Mm -hmm. Is there any card at the moment that stands out to you uh, that you've been playing that, uh, that you like for various reasons that you, it's good or that it's fun or interesting? See, uh, I'd have to say my favorite card, Nezahal. Is that how you say it? Oh, yeah, Nezahal, the primal time. He is my favorite because he can't be countered. There's no maximum hand size. And then if you have a flyer with that makes him hex proof, mm -hmm. it's perfect, mm -hmm. which I do. Yeah, I really love those big old legendary elder dinosaurs from that set, Rivals of Ixalan. Uh, when I got back into Magic, I was playing uh, in paper in real life with a group over at the college. And the first set that came out after I came back into Magic was Ixalan, where this card is from. And I remember seeing, wow, each of these colors has its own huge dinosaur that's so much fun. So that when Nezahal, I do have it in one deck in real life and maybe one deck in, in arena as well. And like you said, it's so much fun. It cannot be countered, no maximum hand size. And when they cast their own non-creature spells, you draw cards. It's, it's really cool. Oh, and it's a 7-7 seven, seven with great art. So I think that's a great card to pick. Yeah, um, my deck in real life is a red-green gruel deck. That's oh. what I have. Mm -hmm. Are there any cards in that deck that stand out to you that you like in real life? Honestly, no. It just gets the job done, but maybe they're not they're not that memorable. It was my first. Um, it was my first style that I played was red-green. But I mean, I don't have any of the cards that I have in arena in real life. Mm -hmm. 
Now, if I did, I there's cards there that I would absolutely love. But outside of that, not so much because I run it with in Arena. I run with Atali and Galta, oh, and I okay. usually have them both out within like six turns. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely yeah. Galta. That's that's a great one. Twelve, twelve, trample, and you can get her out a lot faster with other creatures, right? Something about reducing the cost, I think. Oh yeah. So if you have something that makes like, um, if you have like a sapperling drop type thing mm-hmm. with that in there, it's like a two or three turn to get oh. it out. It's pretty gross. Have I you put it. any fun enchantments on Galta, like flying or something? No, I don't usually need to. By the time I have Galta <laughs> out, someone will already concede. They're like, nope, I'm done. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you've got the biggest of the big dinosaurs coming at you, there's not much you can do. Yeah, um, I've noticed I get a lot more concedes than actual wins. Mm-hmm. So I don't really find that I need to do anything special to them. Mm-hmm. Of the decks that you're playing in Arena, which uh, is your favorite? Uh, it looks like you've got a couple that you like. My favorite one is the um, blue-black one with the Nezahal in it. Mm-hmm. I like playing blue-black as well. Back in the 90s when I first played, I was gravitating towards those colors as well. And uh, after I've come back, uh, those are colors that I like also. I kind of like playing, let's see, in my current blue-black deck, it's... Um, I always forget her name, so let me look it up really fast. It's Etrata... What's her full name again? Etrata. The Silencer. Yeah, I don't know why I keep forgetting it, even though I mention it in almost every podcast. Um, Etrata the Silencer. So she's a 3-5. She's unblockable. And when she deals damage to the opponent, you can exile one of their creatures. And then if the opponent has three or more creatures in exile, they lose the game automatically. Oh, that's that's pretty nifty. Yeah. I've noticed a lot of these. I have a lot of cards that I like. So... It's hard to pick a favorite out of this one, mm-hmm. to be honest. There's a lot of great ones. Yeah, that's the great thing about Magic. Like right now in Arena, since it focuses on standard legal cards, I think I read somewhere that there's like 1,300 cards to choose from. So people will obviously pick a bunch that they really like because with so many to choose from, uh, I don't think you can go wrong. Probably not. I don't even remember what half the card names are because there's so many I play about six different decks, and I still haven't learned all the names. Mm-hmm. I I barely even know what's in half my decks at this point. <laughs> well, the funny thing is that most likely via the card art, they might be more memorable that way, and then what they do rather than the name, because some of these names can get pretty wacky. So as long as you remember what they do, um, I think you'll be fine. Yeah, I've noticed that uh, most playstyles, except for red-black, I can do. Red-black's hmm. harder for me. Hmm, okay. I'm trying to put together a red-black demon deck. So when I was cracking packs on Arena, I got Rakdos the Showstopper, uh, which is a legendary demon, 6-6. Six, six. He has flying and trample, and the best thing about him is when you summon him, he... Um, he swings his big old scythe and kills every creature that is not a demon, an imp, or a devil. That one I have not gotten yet. I have a bunch of Rakdos cards, but I do not have that. So I feel like a Rakdos deck without him and Judith would yeah. be like absolutely not really that viable. 
Yeah, exactly. So that's that's what I'm working on putting together because I, I was searching through their uh, their searching system to find all the examples of devils, demons, and imps so that mine would be safe and their and the opponent wouldn't. And so that deck is coming together. That's awesome. Do you uh, like naming your decks too? Oh, I'm not as creative. I'm not as creative as the people that I've seen. Uh, like how you just said also, uh, what did you call it? Icarus? Uh, the Curse of Icarus. And the then my favorite deck is the Darkest Steps, the blue black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I haven't been able to name them very creatively, I call it. Uh, I think the most creative one is like Ajani's Friends, which is like just a bunch of white cats. Uh, but besides that, I don't know. I just, I'm not that creative. So I marvel at people that are able to make their their deck names a little bit more interesting than mine. I know someone who has one called Super Friends, and it's basically <laughs> like just a bunch of legendary. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds fun. The only catch is that since it's legendary, you can only have one of each. But uh, if you've got a whole team full of legendaries, I'm sure you're doing a lot of a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, I don't know what format he. Pl- I know it's in the one where you play with four people and you like play all against each other. That might which is be confusing for me. That might be Commander. That's that real life version where four or more people play against each other. With do you remember if it's like also a deck with a hundred cards? Yes, it is. Okay, then that's Commander. So you can't play that on Arena just yet, but I've played it in real life with some friends. And yeah, that can be kind of weird and fun because it's 100 cards, only one of each card, a big old four-player thing, and it can get pretty pretty weird. And games that I've played have gone to a few hours with my play group because no one can decide who to attack. They're all too nice. They want to roll the dice and let the, di- the dice decide who will who will be their target. Yeah, um, I'm very bad at it. I lost terribly. Uh, one person conceded. <laughs> and then I was like, no, I'm going to try and just got wiped out by a Demir uh, bug deck. <laughs> I've actually got uh, a game tomorrow uh, as part of this college card club that I'm a part of. And, you know, spring break's going to be in about two weeks. And they wanted to do, on tomorrow's meeting, they wanted to do a game of Brawl, which is like Commander Junior. Instead of having a 100-card deck of one of each, you have a 60-card deck of one of each. So I'm going to play the first game of Brawl, my first game of Brawl ever, uh, sometime tomorrow afternoon. Oh, that's... um. Are you doing that on Twitch or? No, it's going to be in real life at uh, at the college in the in the meeting room that we have for the club. Uh, so it might be fun on Twitch, but I see other people that play paper magic on Twitch and they're just so professional because they have so many cameras and, you know, pointed at the at the cards and the field and everything like and I I'm not that professional enough to make something like that. Like I do YouTube videos and I do a, a lot of Twitter and Patreon and, you know, I do content. I'm a content creator, but I'm not at the level at the moment to set up like four cameras to have a, a whole recording of a, of a real match of magic. Yeah, that does make sense. I uh, I don't think that I would do the IRL format on Twitch either. Mostly because I just feel like it's not as engaging as when you see it with all the animations yeah. on Arena. And then I'm like, well, my IRL cards don't do that, so... <laughs> well, you can pretend, like, when you summon your Galta, you could roar a little bit just to get the effect. I might get escorted off of Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> 
Have there been any cool, funny, weird moments that you've had on Arena that come to mind? Yeah, so I came across a deck that had like 256 (laughs) cards in it. And I was like, is this legal? Can you do this? I thought there had to be 60 and I was freaking out because all their deck consisted of was making me discard my whole deck. And Uh, then they had a whole bunch of scrying cards. mm -hmm. And that's all it was, was scrying until they got the perfect mix that they needed. Oh, that's funny. Great. Well, in real life, the rule, to my knowledge, is... You know, your your minimum deck is 60 cards, definitely. Your maximum in real life is uh, as long as you can shuffle your deck, it's fine. But in Magic Arena, because it's virtual, I guess 250 cards is perfectly valid. Yep. <laughs> and that was a really not exciting moment because mm-hmm. it just felt like kind of like you were going to be defeated the whole time while you were trying. Mm-hmm. I've come across a few people that I've that I that I glance over and then suddenly it looks like a really big deck and then I put my mouse over it and it says, you know, 102 cards. And and uh those are usually like gimmick decks. Like um I think I've come across someone that seemed to have a whole deck full of that one rat that gets uh bigger and bigger the more rats you have. I don't know if you've come across it. I believe it's called Rat Colony. Rat- yeah, I call it the Rat King deck. Uh-huh. I've seen it as normal 60 cards, people trying to play a Rat King deck, but this one seemed to be like a, a little bit over 100, and they were trying to play it as well. And when it works, it works, because if your opponent doesn't expect it, suddenly you've got a lot of rats. But if I just have a 1-1 one, one creature, I can kill their, like, you know, 12-1 rat, because it's just a 12-1, so it can fall apart that strategy if they don't have other cards to back it up. I'm pretty sure I've played against that exact same person. <laughs> It's a small world on Arena. So um, there was a uh, a player that I was against that had a Rat King deck. Mm-hmm. And they had a card that said, like, or if they had a 1-1, it would buff them. Mm. And I think it did player damage directly to me every time they attacked with their rats oh, or something okay. like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure because it was a few weeks ago. But I know they had a card that buffed their 1-1s specifically to be stronger mm-hmm. without actually giving them a counter. Mm-hmm. Like somehow it did more damage or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't doubt that there's plenty of these types of cards that you make a great combo. And I marvel at people. I, I kind of consider myself a little bit towards intermediate, but not uh, really amazing. And I I look at people's strategies and I think I absorb them pretty well in that I see, oh, they put together a very great combination. Uh, they've got all of these one ones with some other uh, enchantment or whatever that buffs them all. How can I do a version of that myself? Because I don't like to kind of personally, I don't like to look up a lot of like decks online and just kind of copy and paste, you know, no, no ill will to people that do that. But for myself, I like to craft a deck myself, even though it might not be a great winning deck, but I feel good when I do win with it because it's like, Hey, I made that deck out of my own brain. I feel the same way. So I see a card that I really, really like, or like a combo of cards that I really like. And then I take it to my partner and I go, Hey, what can I do with this? (laughs) What do I need to do? And then, so I put every single card that I think would be useful into a deck, even if it exceeds 60. 
And then he comes over it and he goes, well, you don't need this and you don't need Mm -hmm. this. You don't need this. And and then he explains why each one wouldn't have been useful and what I was trying to do. And so instead of making random decks, he's trying to point me to do more cohesive decks that Mm -hmm. actually all have the same type of function. Because at first I was just putting together decks of like, I like this card. I'm just going to throw it in. (laughs) which is why I'm a beginner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm I'm not even out of the beginner phase yet because I feel like if I was, I would be able to make my own deck. Mm-hmm. Well, there's still definitely plenty of time to, to get good. You know, you've only been at two months or so, like you said. So uh, you'll get there, I'm sure, as you keep playing and uh, getting more help. And I'm sure you'll be reaching a platinum very soon. I would just be happy. Is the platinum out of thing after gold? Yes. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would be very happy to reach the lower platinum. Um, now, uh, if you consider yourself a little bit more towards the beginner level, uh, what would you have liked to have known when you first started playing Arena? Like some something that someone would have told you early on? I think it would be fun if they um, kind of had an area here where it was a compendium of other people's decks where you could kind of submit your deck for other people to look at instead of googling it on a separate screen mm-hmm. be nice to be able to browse other people's packs and if you have all the cards kind of like download that pack into your uh profile that would mm-hmm. be super cool i think yeah that sounds interesting um there's there's websites outside of the magic app that do that but yeah it would be great if you could do that within the magic app itself yes that would be wonderful also um i don't know i feel like they have a whole bunch of ways to play ranked but i do feel like with the cheat decks where they play uh trick decks to try and get to mythic faster like you said Mm mm-hmm It would be nice if there was like a channel for people who cared about getting on ranked mythic (laughs) because they're doing a contest right now where I think you can win like $7,000 just for being in the top 10, I think. Yeah. But you can win a bunch of money and that's why everyone's caring about just picking up and they're using those really, really uh, tricky decks. Mm Mm-hmm. It wasn't until they announced that contest that I started seeing people play so aggressively. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. There's a big goal that everyone wants to get to, and they, they're they going to pull out all the stops to get there. But I think they really should have more sort of like paths about how people can play. If I'm a very, very much beginner, I want to play with other beginners. If I'm trying to reach Mythic or be pro or whatever, I want to play with others of my skill level. And they're supposed to have this algorithm in the software that is supposed to rank you or match you based on your rank and other factors. But I think I think they're still working on that because there's just so many factors to determine skill level. It's not just how many wins. It's what kind of cards you have, what kind of deck, what kind of play style. And I hope they kind of uh, address that as they Im- keep improving the software. Oh, yeah, that is definitely true. I feel like there should be a casual ranked where people like me we still want to rank up so we can see how good we're getting Mm -hmm. um but we also don't want to compete against the perfect because that is one of the most motivating things is when there's someone 
who has obviously been playing for like 12 plus years and they have these crazy decks Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting there like, I don't even know what this is doing. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's all over in five minutes. I'm like, great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that makes a lot of sense. This sort of segues into my next question. Uh, What's something you'd like to improve about magic, but we can also ask in, I can ask in terms about improving magic the software, magic, the game, magic, the community, a- any thoughts on that? I think it would be really fun if there was like a mentor mode where you could hmm. play with more experienced people who know what they are doing, maybe even people who work for Magic the Gathering, where they can actually talk to you during it because I've noticed unless you're on Discord with someone or something, you can't really give feedback about how each other play. And the most feedback I get is when I do a really great play against someone else, they'll say, like, nice job or something, and mm. that's the most they can say to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I have to figure out how to, like, replicate that in another way with different cards if I didn't get the exact same card draw as I did the last time. So um, having, like, a mentorship area would be kind of nice. That's a really good idea. No one has mentioned it on the podcast before, but that makes a lot of sense to build more of a community and get help and give help. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. Or even have it where you um, can be on voice chat with the people that you're playing against. Mm-hmm. That way, if you're against in stream with each other, like if they're streaming and you're streaming, you both can interact um, on the voice chat through, through the uh, magic, the gathering through each match. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as you say nothing terrible to each other. <laughs> yes. It's probably coming at some point, I guess. They're still technically in beta, even though they've had, uh, like, the very, very first early version of Arena came out, to my knowledge, is sometime in November or December 2017. So they've had a year that it's been out, and then they had the big uh, September open beta uh, that they released last year. So they're, I'm sure they're gathering all of this feedback and gameplay and just continuing to improve the software so fingers crossed to add some of those cool features yeah i mean it's still in beta it's not even a full-fledged platform yet of on its own it's every time i upgrade it it uninstalls and reinstalls so Mm -hmm. that says that if it's a fully finished program it shouldn't do that but Mm -hmm. i think they're fine-tuning it until they make it into out of beta mode Mm mm-hmm Now, let me ask you this, um, if it's possible, what's one thing that you can narrow it down? Uh, What's one thing you love about Magic? I've always liked uh, trading card games. I used to play Pokemon, and like I would collect all the Pokemon cards now, but that game just lost a lot of fun for me. Hmm. I feel like this ties in, like it has its own mythos for it. It has lore to it. It just, I like the fact that it, as a concept outside of the game that you can also like you can make a deck based on who your alliance is with or like make a whole storyline you can like kind of rpg into it Mm -hmm. i don't know it's uh, like i i like the options that the cards have more over um it's like a grown-up version of pokemon for me (laughs) i guess 
oh, I agree, there's just a lot of great ancillary stuff. Uh, the cards do things, but a lot of them have flavor text, which are giving you little pieces of a big puzzle in story. And then there's also all of those stories they release on the Magic website. And I guess now they're also publishing novels and some comic books. So there's just a whole backstory behind all of these characters and I think that's a, a really great aspect that I enjoy as well not just the actual cards but like the story behind things yeah I really enjoy that too I like it when they have a full-fledged idea um I like that it can do more like Pokemon you were just playing monsters and mm-hmm. then sometimes like things but there weren't really spells there wasn't really um instance and things like that like you can play in this game So I feel like it's just a little bit more full-fledged of a trading card game than I've ever played. So I kind of got hooked onto that. And Mm -hmm. the artwork is gorgeous. I'm a sucker for good artwork. Mm -hmm. When I played back in the 90s, there was a lot less of a story defined when I was playing. I kind of left Magic uh, when they started to define it a little bit more. But I still have a lot of... Uh, memories and nostalgia of those older cards where within that little box they tried to tell you enough of a story about that particular spell or creature and such and it's uh, really a good feeling to see that the game is still around 25 years later when i remember back at that time there was okay there was magic there was a star trek card game there was a star wars card game there was a marvel card game there were x-files card games there were like card games about everything and magic's the one that's uh, been around this long because of so many of its strengths yeah that does make sense i don't even know if there was a trading card game before magic the gathering was there i think their claim to fame is that they were the first trading card game there'd been trading cards of course before that and i guess other sorts of rpgs but uh, i think from what i've read that they were the first uh trading card or collectible card game out on the market yeah, and then they paved the way for all the childhood games to um, like Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. Mm-hmm. They kind of paved the way for them to make their own versions of it, too. So like when kids grow up, they would be like, oh, let's go into this, because mm-hmm. it's also a game. Mm-hmm. Well, since uh, this podcast is all about magic, uh, and we we both play a good amount Besides magic, uh, there's other hobbies that exist and such. Do you have any non-magic hobbies that you're into? I am constantly in Final Fantasy fourteen. I have <laughs> like six characters that I'm leveling all to seventy. Just for the aesthetics, I don't I know I don't need more than one tune. Mm. But I love the look of a bunch of different races, so I made like just whole bunch of characters mm-hmm. now is that the one that's the like the uh, the mmo version of final fantasy yes um that is the uh well technically it, there was like final fantasy 11 mm-hmm. which was supposedly an mmo i never played it i've never played any other final fantasy other than 14 mm-hmm. but they kind of take the lore and characters from the other final fantasies and sprinkle it in there for you but you don't actually, like you don't need to know anything else to play this game, mm-hmm. which is why I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after fourteen, you know, thirteen sequels to the game, it's uh, way too much that you'd have to know to enjoy it. So I'm glad that they've been able to create it in a way that you don't need all that backstory, but you can still have fun with it. Yeah, it's great. Um, I'm to Heaven's Ward on three of my characters, 
and I'm on European servers and North American servers. Hmm. So uh, I think I'm a little older than you. So I remember Final Fantasy, the original Nintendo game from uh, the late 80s, I guess. That was my uh, that was the Final Fantasy that I played way too long ago. And then the one for the Super Nintendo. So those were the ones that uh, I really grew up playing. And in the U.S. it was Final Fantasy II, but actually in the Japanese chronology it was Final Fantasy IV. So when we people talk about Final Fantasy, I'm so lost because I really only played one and four, and that was like uh, 20 years ago. Yeah, I was born in the late uh, 80s, so <laughs> mm -hmm. I I didn't play any of the late 80s games. I didn't even really play video games until college. Oh, okay. Unless you count Neopets, which that really wasn't a video game. <laughs> no, but you still had uh, goals and you'd get high scores and stuff, maybe? Because you had to feed them? Or am I thinking about Tamagotchi? Uh, I think that's Tamagotchi, but the it was getting the rare pet. You got the rare pets, you fed them, you raised them, and I don't know what you did outside of that, <laughs> to be entirely honest. And then... When everyone forgot about Neopets, all their characters died, which was very, very sad. No, no, no. They fainted. Oh, yes. They couldn't say death in a kid's game. I forgot. <laughs> yes. Just like the Shadow Realm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I remember that. That's pretty fun. I never got into any of those. Um, my younger brothers did, and uh, they were they were really fun. Um, I'm sure they're coming back. You know, every generation has their thing and then things become retro and and the younger generation wants to explore what the older generation had perhaps so everything that's old is new again and vice versa oh yeah, there's going to be a point where final fantasy 14 is going to be retro definitely definitely but but i love it it's the one thing you can find me consistently in is i'm either in other people's streams of final fantasy 14 I'm streaming with my free companies on mm -hmm. Twitch for it. Um, that's the one game you can find me consistently playing. Um, my other hobbies are reading, where mm -hmm. I just curl up in bed and read. And that's about it. Oh, that's I don't good. really do too much. <laughs> I'm not that exciting. <laughs> well, that's cool because I think a lot of people are into technology a lot. And there's just that pure joy of a good book, putting the bookmark well, actually, I, I forgot to ask, is it regular uh, physical books or like ebooks, or how do you read? I read physical books. Okay, so that, that goes with my point, which was about to say that, yeah, you, you use your uh, your bookmark and the tactile feeling of the book, and then you see as you go through the pages and, and like, I'm halfway through it or I'm three quarters. So it's cool that uh, you're into the technology aspect of things as well as the classic books. Yes, I'm a monster and I dog gear my books instead of using... Um... <laughs> bookmarks so mm -hmm. there's that <laughs> but <laughs> i love all my my books are all so well worn that it doesn't point mm -hmm. well they're serving their purpose are, yeah i feel like people who say that you can't do that have very pristine collector's first editions mm -hmm. otherwise there's no point in you know well loving your book yeah, ex yeah, exactly. If you're getting like a mass market edition, then uh, you just get another one if you want it in pristine condition. But if it really matters, then it's got to be that first edition, which then you might uh, take care of it a little bit more. Yeah, 
I'd have to say definitely, but I don't, so there's a plus on that. Mm -hmm. Well, as we wind down, uh, let me ask again, where would you like to direct people to to see you or to hang out with you or to reach you online? Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Twitch at LittlestGremlin. Very nice. Do you have a schedule when you stream or is it just when you when you get uh, when you get the idea to stream? I do have a schedule, but I've been playing around with it because it was interfering my time with my partner where I'd get like two hours a night with him. Mm-hmm. So I was from 6 to 10 p.m. Central and I'm playing around with my schedule right now. I stream Monday through Friday mm-hmm. um, and I post in my Discord and on my Twitter And also, I change up my Twitch when I change my schedule, too. I think I'm going to be going to afternoons. So, I'm thinking about playing around with, like, maybe from 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's kind of in the air right now. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll definitely put any links or notes or anything you'd like in the description of the podcast once it releases. All right, that sounds great. Thank you. I appreciate it. As for myself, I also stream uh, pretty much just Magic Arena, and I do that every Saturday. That's 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Pacific time for about an hour or so. Um, I'm also on Twitter all the time. Uh, so um, when I stream, I'm a, I mostly stream on YouTube. So that's uh, I'm VM Campos Jr on youtube but everywhere else i managed to get vm campos so i'm on twitter vm campos i'm on uh discord and patreon as vm campos pretty much everywhere except youtube so you got to put on that jr at the end and when people join my patreon they can get longer versions of podcasts longer versions of deck tech videos uh, and they go. Uh, that starts at just a dollar. If people go to the two dollar range, I'll actually mail uh, people real, authentic, vintage Magic cards from my collection. And I've got other fun stuff about comic books and technology on on Patreon. Well, Gremlin, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me here, VM Campus. I appreciate it. You're welcome, and I hope to have you on a future episode. Maybe I'll be a little past advanced at that (laughs) point. Great. Well, this has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena.